Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Catch new episodes of The O Show for free, available on all audio platforms, including Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. For full video versions of the podcast, head on over to YouTube and StarWorldWideNetworks.com. The O Show is presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness is an inclusive, high-intensity fitness experience developed by the champ Floyd Money Mayweather himself. The best group boxing workout in the market, Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. I know what it is. I'm Julian Dory, and this is Trend Fire. Let's go. This is one of the great questions in our culture. Where is the news? You're giving opinions and calling them facts. Everyone understands this, but few seem to do it. If you don't like the status quo, start asking questions. One of his quotes, and again, this is a basic quote, but he gets credit for it. Um, I'd rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I am not. And I think that's you know a different route than what we were talking. Yeah, I gotta it's a general that, yeah. quote, but if what, you look it up, that? he gets credit for it. Okay. I'd rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I am not. And that's what I would have written on this, but it would have been way too small. I don't think the camera would have seen it, so I wanted to explain it. Um, again, the best songwriter of his generation, completely misunderstood by a wide variety of the audience. You know, and granted. Um, he took his own life, and everybody sees that, like, okay, and you, you definitely see it, and you hear it in his voice, and you see it in his lyrics, you know, like he was tortured. After. But, but at the same, yeah, after, exactly. And everybody sees it now, is like, oh my god, like, he was one of the best ever, but in his time, was he appreciated? Yes. You know, Nirvana was the number one band, I think, in the world at that point in 1991, like, right there with Michael Jackson when it came to the top Sweet. of the charts. Uh, but I don't think he got the respect he deserved in that sense of, oh, he's just a crazy person. We were talking about Kanye before we came on here, you know, like people always mis- comes up. Mis- <laughs> misinterprets him for being a, just a crazy son of a bitch, you know, but like you don't know what makes him tick. And obviously what makes him tick is him being true to himself because that's the reason he got to where he was. You know, he was finally acknowledged as someone who beats or his heart beats to the what's that saying? I'm gonna mess it up. He he beats to his own drum, mm. you know. Um, and that sense of I know you don't like this word authenticity because if you say it on the air, it's like ah, oh, you yeah. don't mean it. Yeah. But you know, staying true to yourself, like you and you alone are the only version of you, right? And that's kind of a broad way to say it. But you, your own identity is shaped by you believing in yourself, your own values, your own opinions, you know, your own takes, as opposed to saying, yeah, that's, you know, like, and I've heard you have conversations, you know, the one with Taylor Ringgold that you had on here, talking about, you know, people in the comments section saying, like, yeah, that sucked, and then someone's just like, yeah, yeah, you're right, that's awful, because people are too afraid to give their own opinions, their own takes, their own thoughts, their own values, because of what other people might say or think of them. Even people that don't necessarily care what other people think of them, they're thinking, like, this isn't going to help me. This isn't going to help my brand. People on the other end also take it too seriously, though, too, like content creators. Yeah. They, they, they don't realize it's usually a reflection on that person, or sometimes they're literally, like, just kidding and sideswiping, which is also kind of a reflection on them. But I, I've, never, I've never totally understood why people get so up in arms about that. I generally find it funny and usually treat it as such. If someone attacks like the brand quote unquote of the show, like tries to say it's a scripted podcast or something publicly, I make sure I respond publicly to that and, you know, burn the forest down to make sure they understand that's not the case. But usually when it comes to like opinions or takes, I'm like, Hey man, what's your take? You know, put it here. Or like sometimes if they're clearly a lost cause, I'll send them hearts. Like, I don't know that I would have had that presence of mind to think of it that way if I were 20. No. I, 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 in fact, I'll go so far as to say I absolutely would not have. I would have taken it also personally. So when I see some of these kids blowing up when they're 15, 16, 17, I empathize with that heavy because, like, I can't imagine having all those hormones going through my brain and seeing these random people on the internet tell me I'm the second coming of Hitler, you know, or, or whatever it is they say, like ridiculous yeah. things. It, it's unnatural, 
it's hard to deal with. But I think as time goes on and the older you get, you kind of realize, like, who the fuck is – there's literally some guy, like, penis dog 420. (laughs) Like, like who is this person behind this at symbol that that has a blank account and is making these comments? And by the way, penis dog 420, I don't know if you've been nasty on there. I just remember that name because it was fucking wild. But, like, people – you have to think about where it comes from. And then, by the way, it's also – it's uh, sometimes it's not even a real person <laughs> like it's it's a bot account so i don't know i i keep it in perspective but it's it's a very weird thing when you have an audience you can't see speaking to some of these people who have had that attention just and hide get, behind yeah. their accounts yeah and they get bothered by it and they're not thinking of it that way they're not thinking this is just someone hiding behind their account man and that's i wish they would i wish the celebrities would because they their life would be a lot less stressful if they did i think there's a lot of celebrities out there that have taken that into account and be like it's what like i never look at the comments but like every now and then like you'll hear like comedians be like all right let's listen to some of the feedback and then you know a Immediately, you just get triggered. Just like, oh, someone doesn't like my stuff. Like, oh, that really hit home. Just the way they said it, you know. But like, I, I, I don't understand what makes people think that way. To think just like, like I'm never on. Like, I, you, do you have a Twitter account? I do. Yeah. Do you actually go after people or like tweet on a daily basis? Like, what's going on in your my life? My Twitter or? account, I like, have kept pretty private. I just kind of like I'm on there doing whatever. But yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm not a shit talker on Twitter. I'll put some opinions out. A lot of opinions I have, I don't put them out on Twitter. It's just whatever. I, I let it I let it simmer. But I'm not – you get me. My name is on my Twitter. I'll tell you what I think. And if I want to come at something, like it's there in the open publicly. Yeah. That's, that's really what – and then I'll engage in the conversation. But I'm not – I mean I see what people do on Twitter. I don't do any of that shit. The worst is the subtweeters. Yeah, yeah. I wish you would have been different. Like what? Yeah. Twitter is a very weird beast. It has a lot of t- Twitter is the place where I think sometimes you can actually learn the most about people if they actually have their name on the account <laughs> because they there's enough of a separation from the imagery of society that they feel comfortable to say things that maybe they wouldn't even say on Facebook yeah. or Instagram or or t- definitely TikTok or something like that. And so there's good and bad to come with that. But I think a huge downside of Twitter is the echo chambers that the algorithm pushes you into. Because you think about it, people have 280 characters to put a thought out. There's threads, but most people read the first or second of the thread, don't read the rest. So they're reading the quickest bites that want to get across context slash a story with an opinion and a judgment Yeah, in 280 characters. Now take that times 100 different people who are thinking along the opinion, the final opinion of whatever that one example tweet there is, and now you read 100 of them from all these other people, and now add that every day, repetition, repetition, repetition. You want to talk about being pushed into believing things? Holy shit, man. There's no better model than that. It's better. It's, it, it is even better than like a visual like TikTok and Instagram because you actually have to invest in both seeing and hearing and, and like literally watching how someone does, does it versus just reading a few quick words and scrolling. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, it, and I think that comes with inexperience, too, because if someone just looks at it and be like, oh, that's what it must be. You know, like people don't see the lies and the manip- manipulation behind it and everything that goes into doing something like that, right? 100%. I, I think the lack, the general lack of self-awareness of the social media user, including myself at various points in my life for a long time, I would say, is rampant. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a percentage for you, but it's it's in the 90s. It's most people. And it's not very often, it's not at all their intention. It's just how it turns out. You know, one of the things I do, and, and I'm very grateful to do a podcast like this where I talk with all different people. So I, I'm literally forced professionally to stay here. And I'm sure you can relate to yeah. that. You got to stay up kind of above the noise. But one of the things I do is I make sure I go down the rabbit hole of the left and the right. And I'll do it back to back even. And what's amazing is, what I mean by that is I'll go find certain trending tags that are more associated with one extreme or the other. Mm-hmm. And I will read through 100, 200 tweets 
just to see and then read the comment, read the replies and see what people are thinking. And every time I step back and whenever it's something extreme like that with very few, if any, exceptions, whatever the opinion is, I disagree with because I don't believe in extremes. So I think that whatever they're saying is most likely wrong. As I go into it. They're just adrenaline junkies, honestly. Yes, yes. It's kind of weird, right? It's it, very weird. Oh, it's very weird. Like, how did you get to that point? Like, it's one thing to have beliefs. I respect that, you know? Like, I respect everyone's beliefs and their thoughts and their opinions on what they think is right or wrong. But to be an extremist and actually go out and threaten people? Like, why? <sighs> That's a question I ask a lot. It's a question, and, and I don't, I don't think like. There's I have definitely a great an answer. insecurity there. Like, there's oh, definitely yeah. there's some obvious points like that. Yes, yes. Like everyone has insecurities, right? Not that we would admit it, you know. Yes, publicly all the time. You have insecurities. I know I have insecurities. Everybody has insecurities. But like to get to that point of like I'm going to go out of my way to threaten you because you don't believe in what I believe in. Like you're stupid. You're wrong. I'm right. It's nonsensical. The thing is, when I will finish down a rabbit hole of one of them, and I know my opinion on the issue, yeah, I then think about it, and I say, okay, assuming I didn't have an opinion or didn't have a good evidence back opinion before I read that, and assuming I went into it without realizing I was reading an extreme, without knowingly, like, I am going to go, because it's a plan for me, I'm going to go le- read what the right has to say, I'm going to go read what the left has to say. When I take all that apart and then ask myself at the end of whatever it is I was going through, ask myself, do I buy the arguments that were just made? The answer is almost always more yes than no. Really? Oh, yeah. Is It's like anything else. It's like a repetition. You read it over and over. Things can sound better and better as you go, and you can then start to believe it. Now, I step back out and I go, okay, well, that was all horseshit, right? <laughs> but it, in thinking about it at the first point, like unbiased guy, if I had gone in there unknowingly, read it, would I kind of buy this? Yeah, I would. And it goes to show you I can read back-to-back the opposite opinions on something. And ha- like I'll do it with the vaccines all the time now. I can read the left and the right on vaccines and think that you are the dumbest person ever if you don't get it or you are the dumbest person ever if you get it. When I'm done reading them. Yeah. Because the way they, and they, the other thing is there's a lot of fake data put in there. There's a lot of fake bullshit to bolster your argument, whether you are going to be proven right or wrong by history aside. I don't know. I'm saying they will back up things just to make their case and they will use anecdotes and you're not thinking like, oh, I mean, I am, but for many parts of my life, I never thought like, oh, this is an anecdote. You know, like you, you remember what was the one... Because everyone was fighting over when, when Trump joined the campaign in 2016 or in 2015 and, and made immigration a big thing. They were fighting over that, and that's still obviously like this whole argument. But there was one case. This is just a really good example. There was like a woman who was killed, I want to say in San Francisco, which was like a sanctuary city. In 2016? No, she had been killed in like 2013, 2014, 2015, somewhere in there. Hmm. And they, my point is, I'll, I'll find out what it was, but people could look it up. They used it in every immigration argument about why we can't have immigration. Because look what they did to Megan or whoever she was. It's like you hear that and you're like, oh, my God, this is a disaster. They're all bad. Then you think about it and you're like, okay, not good that whoever did that was let in here. We can all agree with that. Maybe the system needs some fixing because of that. But does that mean that they're all like that? No. no. You know what I mean? Like, it's good and it's bad. And so what you end up hearing is people are like, we, need, we, we can't have any of it. We're scared of it. Or we need all of them. They're all good people. They want, they, they want to be here in America. And they use those little anecdotes instead of some pragmatism along with some good old human emotion, which you need some of. They don't combine those two. It's, it's just one or the other. And things like Twitter, to me, Totally reinforce that. It's the best example, yep. in my opinion. Uh, 100%. And I think it's more human emotion than anything else, at least from what I've seen. You know, like if you asked me before, like, oh, what's going on in the world today? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't have cable. I don't, I don't listen to the news. Like, I will go into an argument like that completely unbiased. 
You know, like I don't lean right, I don't lean left. I really don't know much about politics to begin with. You know, like I'm just a kid in the candy store. I'm just happy to be here, right? You're just watching all of this go down. And you were right. You know, you take bits and pieces. You're like, oh, I agree with that. I kind of disagree with that. But then you take a step back and you're just like, ah, is it all crazy? Like, are people, like, is this all bullshit? I don't know. So that's why it's just easier to stay out of it all altogether, right? It is easier. And it's kind of nice, too, when you do it. And that's one of those it's things weird, that's though. easier, and it's okay. You know, it's, some people be like, you know, you got to choose your hard, right? Like, that's something that's... I'm okay not knowing that. I'm okay you not having... choose your what? Your hard. You, you ever, you know, have, hear that analogy? You just like, some good phrases, though. Uh, so, you, you know, choose your hard. Like, if you... Like, going to the gym is hard. Being out of shape, though, and just feeling like shit all the time, mm. that's hard, too. Choose your hard. Mm. Right? Going on a mile jog, that could be hard if you don't run. But it's also hard just sitting there. Like, that's another gym excuse. How about, you know, going out after a job? You know, like, you leaving a comfortable job to pursue your passions must have been hard at first. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But at the same time, it was hard mentally staying there because you knew you weren't getting the most out of everything that you wanted in your life. You thought there was more. I I think it's – first of all, I love that phrase. I'm going to – that's another one I'm going to use. That's great. But I think it's – it needs to be way more nuanced with politics because with politics, it's like your team A or your team B, and that's what they tell you you have to be, and that is such a ridiculous thing. I, I had a uh, – because last year over – you know, in COVID, everybody locked in their homes, especially here in the tri-state area. You and know. you're – I think we said this, but you're out in Arizona. I was, and I had to come home because I was a senior at school, and they were kicking everybody out. My plan was to stay there, and then they started closing down all of these restaurants, and I'm like, I got to eat. So I went home for the summer, lived at my parents, and uh, to make money, you know, know, doing the podcast is one thing, and I think that time, you know, you used it wisely. A lot of other people used it wisely to create, not create content, but again, like, find what makes you tick. Again, like we were saying before, you know, like... Figure out who you are. You know, you're only going to get better out of this. Like, you're not going to get better sitting here watching Netflix for six months. No, you're not. Um, But at one point, I started doing, like, online surveys just to make some extra cash, right? You were doing online surveys? It's easy. It's like, give your opinion, and they'll give you $125 for, like, two hours of your time, like a two-hour Zoom call. Where do you do do that? You know, there's ones like HiveMind.com. Like, there's all of these different sites. Like, if you look up online surveys for money, they'll hook you up. Just make accounts. So, you get, like, a couple hours, you get 125 bucks. Yeah. I mean, for, you know, for the most part, you might get rejected. Be like, oh, this doesn't suit you. Try some other survey. Like, it has to, like, fit, like, okay, between 18 and 25 years old, mm. lives in this part of the country. Uh, you have relatives that work in hospice, pharmaceuticals, whatever. Like, whatever fits the bill for their survey, what feedback they're looking to get. Mm. And almost every single time I set up a call to try and, you know, apply for one of these um, calls was, are you a Democrat or are you a Republican? And I'm always like, you know, I really don't really mess with politics. I never really have. Like, I don't – I'm pretty neutral. Like, I agree with some things here. I agree with some things there. And they're like, but, you know, if you, if you had to pick one, <laughs> Democrat or Republican, I'm the like – The asteroid. Well, if, That's what I'm if you had – if I had to choose, like, I, I guess I'd say I'd lean Republican and there's like – Oh, okay, Republican. You know, it's like, did I say something wrong? Like, I told you, I don't lean either way. What? You know, it's almost like a wrong thing to say. Side note: Why did we do that? Like, why has society done that? It's because it, I see that all the time from like people I know who are not on this podcast necessarily, right. but like when I'm talking with them. Although I've seen it a couple times on this podcast too, where they're like, "Well, I lean right, like a, like a little," and I'm like, "That's that's fine." Yeah, I, I have Mike Spear on this podcast. Like, you can say whatever the fuck you want, but they're, like, afraid to say it. And for whatever reason, we've created this narrative in society, and it makes you have to, like, defend the right rather than the left because, like, the left has kind of the control of the narrative, like, in media. It's, it's this other narrative that, God forbid, you lean a little bit to the right. That's, like, a quiet thing. You got to be quiet about it. You're that. a menace. You you're a menace. You can't say that. That's fucking insane. That's insane. Because, by the way, still, even today, I'm convinced the majority of people, the majority of people are in that middle, like, 40 to 50 percent, right? So if it's zero to 100, right to left, left to right, they're in that, say, 30 to 70 area. 
Something. And those are all the people who don't have Twitter accounts. That's the. They're kind problem. of off the grid. They're not speaking up. That's the other problem. That's because they're humble. <laughs> so it's kind of a double-edged sword when you think about it. Like they're good people, but at the same time, like we could really use your voice in this situation. Like if we had a president that like literally just brought both parties together and actually worked on bringing the country and the people together as one collective unit the way it was intended to be, just imagine where we'd be. It's literally just, like you were saying, side A, side B. You know, it's like the Yankees and the Red Sox, the Devils and the Islanders, the Cowboys and the Eagles, whatever you want to call it. You know, like you're on a team, and our ambition is to show, show how we're the better team, Right. Every example that you're listing off right there, I agree with, and it seems like it's, it should be common sense. The problem is profitability. And it's not like, you know, you go right to, like, corporations with shit like that. Corporations are, like, a part of the whole political picture, of course, that pay off everything. But I'm saying, from a political standpoint, a happy society is not a profitable society. These parties and these forms of thought of which it has become two as the sole choice, they exist on the idea that they can create a common enemy in one other side that they can point to. And so what they do is they convince all of us as a collective, the two of them, they convince all of us that we are different along certain lines so that we can stare at each other, hate each other for those things, and ignore all the problems that continue to boil down our way from the top, which is them. Yep. And in the process, when I tell you about this stuff every week, I'm trying to help you. You know, you, you can listen or not, but I'm trying to add years to your life. I'm trying to add more energy to your day. I'm trying to add more happiness into your vibe. That's all. Just just a good Samaritan friend, neighbor, whatever the hell you want to call me, looking out for you, trying to give you all those things. And of course, I'm talking about the 8 Sleep Pod Pro Cover, which you can use the link in my description along with the code TRENDIFIER at checkout. That's T-R-E-N-D-I-F-I-E-R to get $100 off to get your own and change the way you sleep at night. Now, I was doing my own calculations this morning, working out a few very complex math problems that had... Formulas of which I invented that were, I mean, I'd been working on them and, and they're very, very good. They're top of the line. And so far, in the months that I've been using the 8 Sleep Pod Pro cover, I, it looks like I've added 11.3 years onto the end of my life already. And I expect that if I keep using it, I might add 22.44 by the end of the year 2024. Which, I mean, 20 years, 22 years, that's a long time. 11 years, where I'm at right now, that's a long time. And I want that for you, too. And it's also about quality of life, because when you add more years, you feel younger as you're going along. So, you know, if you want something like that, use the link in my description. Use that code TRENDOFIRE checkout. Get yourself the 8 Sleep Pod Pro cover. Get it shipped to you. Stick it on top of your bed, queen or king size, whatever you use. And let the tech do the rest. I promise you it will. They create an incentive structure that makes sure that money will not flow anywhere outside of those two parties because they have too much of it and therefore they have too much influence and therefore they are too big to fail. And shame on us because we continually fall for it and we've been falling for it for 250 years. It's not about values at all. It's about cha-ching, right? It's all money-driven, anything from any level, whether you're a politician or, you know, you're a podcast host. But again, like, if you're staying true to yourself in that sense, you know, like, at some point you want to do this for a living, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, support yourself, support a potential family, yada, 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 correct? Yes. And you want to do that by doing it your way. You know, coming in here, having a straight shoot conversation with someone, no BS, no just like, all right, here's my agenda. Here's what we're going to talk about, A, B, C, D through Z, right? Why can I do that? 
I mean, you, why can you do that? Or yeah, why? it's kind of a trick question, but it, it's not a trick you question. You can do it's that to um, build what they call a quote-unquote brand. No, 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 I'm saying persona. why do I have the ability to do that? In this day and age? Yeah. Do you have an answer to this or are you genuinely yeah, asking yeah, I, me? Yeah, I do. I would just you – know, you tell me then. It's because I can do what I want. I have control of this. It's mine. I start, it's like any other oh, business. Yeah. I started Absolutely. I can say what it is. Now, there are constraints in that I have to post on platforms, so the platforms have to let me post. There, you can absolutely draw some lines there, but I'm making the call. When you are in politics, you are now part of a group. You are the boss of shit. You are you're, you're the president? Oh, you don't run anything. Nope. You make some decisions. Sure. But at the end of the day, you're held accountable to the party line and by the people who don't like that party line, who come from the other side. And so when I look at it, I see a total difference in my reality versus the reality of a politician. And I think that that cycle has only gotten stronger with the more media ability we have to communicate across society, i.e. more tools to get at each other directly, like on the internet, creates more division. Creates more problems, creates more, creates more strength for the existing guard in a world like in a world that should be doing the opposite, in that people should be getting more individual freedoms and liberties due to growth and resources and improving society. We are actually going the other way and having people become more reliant on one form of thought on whatever it is, and. When I talk with people in here who are hard one way or the other, I'm always amazed by how there is some ability to bring out some nuance when we're talking because I make them do it. And I'm like, God damn, why can't we do that like in public too? Why does it take like some guy with a podcast having that conversation to get that nuance? Why does it take that uh, opening up your mind because you kind of have to in a way because I'm forcing you to. You're on my turf. Your back's against the wall, yeah. I mean, I get it from that perspective. Like, either your back's against the wall or you're doing it because you want to spread that word because of you, right? Like, you want to What do you take, mean by that? Like, you, you want to be the voice of reason. You want to be the voice of the voiceless in that sense because you're on camera and you want people to look back and be like, oh, you're the reason all this started, right? Like, people go on camera, they go on talk shows, they go on podcasts, and they say things that people want to hear, whether it be left, right, neutral, you know, they go on shows to say things that people are going to agree with because they're going to be like, oh, that guy is a stand-up guy. Like, he should run for office. You know, if we're talking politics, right, like if you're a politician, be like, this is the guy I want in my corner because he's saying all the things that I'm thinking because they either had to because their back was against the wall or they did their research and they're like, this is what people want to hear. And you can never really tell the difference of are these people authentic or did they do their research before they came on knowing that this is what what, what was going to happen. Very often, though, for those people, those politicians that gravitate towards, what really happened is that politician said one, two, or maybe three things that actually truly identified directly with that person's reality, whoever it is, that voter, every single day. And what happens after that is the tragedy, which is then because that person identified with their thing so closely, whatever it is, which is probably bullshit, they were doing it off data and all likelihood to try to win a fucking election, but because that person said that thing that so important to me, the voter, I will now lose my mind into then agreeing automatically and fighting for every single thing they say because they must be right about it. Yep. That's our problem because now we start to make – like politicians are brands. That's a huge issue. Politicians should be congressman number 375 or president number 44, whatever. Like that should be what a politician is. It shouldn't be like this rock star. Like – you know, you and I were talking about Kurt Cobain or other people oh, we like. Can you imagine? Right? Yeah, like I, I would never have voted Kurt Cobain for president, right? I, could, I would never vote for Kanye for president. Like there, there's a totally different thing going on. I wonder on how many here. votes he actually got. Who, yay? Yeah. I don't know, but it wasn't many. It was, it was more than— Like 12? No, it was more than that. He actually got some, but it wasn't—I can look it up. It wasn't that many. 
Nah, it was like 14. But that's like, there's, there's, my point is, it's a different game. And yet we've kind of blurred the lines with all of it and started to make it the same, such that people like, you look at two right now, Democrat and Republican, AOC and Marjorie Taylor Greene. They're these rock stars, quote unquote, in their extreme sides because they do a lot of crazy shit that gets social media attention. And so, how much of that do you think is just for the attention and the publicity, though? Ninety-five percent of it. Like, I'd say like thirty percent of politicians actually get into politics for their beliefs. I think you're being kind. The only reason I say that is because I know a politician who said that to me. <laughs> Did he say it with a very convincing look on his face? Yeah, I'm like, like how how much of this is actually like real, or how much of this actually is just for the public eye? You know, going into it, just to say like this is great and this is what people want to hear. Is like most politicians are in this because of themselves, the money that's been drawn into it. You know, the amount of revenue that you could make into it to support yourself and support your family. Because most of the time, and I think the true point he was getting at. 30% of it is actual work. The other 70% is just sitting on your ass and watching shit go down and then reacting to it. They hand these people a bill in Congress at 9 a.m. in the morning for a 3 o'clock vote, and it's this thick. Yep. If you're listening and not watching, I'm holding my fingers pretty wide apart right here. Like, that's, that's the system. The system says that people like Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer can exist. In a way, it's not their fault. Because the system says they can. They've been there for 40 years. I think that's ridiculous. I think that's crazy. They're allowed to do it. People vote for them. They're allowed to run. You know, so in a lot of ways, there's things that that we inherently have wrong in our quote-unquote system that then good actors and bad actors, very often it can be people that are bad or turn bad as a result of the power they get and the access they get, they then use that to their advantage, and they can. You know, and, and I don't, when I see people fighting against this stuff, it comes from an extreme, usually. And so it's very hard to take it seriously. Like, you know, you'll see, I have a lot of friends who are libertarians. I certainly have some libertarian leanings. There's things I like about libertarianism. But, like, people are like, abolish taxes, get rid of the government. I'm like, well... No, that, that doesn't work. I can say out of the same side of my mouth that a lot of our tax money goes to waste and that governments are inherently very unorganized, bad bodies. But it's, it's like, what's the alternative? Okay, abolish the government. So is Jeff Bezos going to run the world? He already does. I mean, like, is that, is that better? Is that – someone's going to have it. You know what I mean? Someone is going to have it. So you have – there's a level to which people have an unwillingness, whatever their belief system is, to accept the fact that whatever the result is, is going to have some bad in it. It's a question of what's the least amount of bad we can get. You know what, Julian? You're making a ton of great points. I think that your audience would agree with me in the sense that you should run for public office. <laughs> well, I don't say we never We need on a stuff. voice like you. Never. I will say never on that. We need a voice no like you that is bipartisan – no, no bias involved. I mean, you, you just basically explained what 80% of the world already knows. It is hypocritical and sad. I'll I, endorse it. I immediately say never. It, it is both hypocritical and sad, I say that. Who would want to be? But yeah, never. I don't know. No, less than zero interest. Because, I, first of all, I wouldn't want to run for more than one term because I believe in term limits. That already cuts my legs out from under me based on the current system. It shouldn't, but based on the current system we have, it does. And secondly, if, like, let's say I was doing something where I was on one of the shorter term ones, so it would be like multiple terms. Like, let's say I ran for representative and I said, okay, it's an eight year kind of gig to be able to get something done, so I'll have to rerun four times and then that's it. I set my own standard on it. I'm never going to get elected the second time. Yeah. Zero. I won't get elected the first time because I will go on the trail and the minute, like, first of all, I'd have to pick one of the two sides. That's, that's already a non-starter. I, had, I have no interest in ever doing that. Secondly, I'd have to go on there and I'd have to say things or self-censor from saying things that I may think that don't jive with the full system of whatever X side is supporting or, or whatever it is they think. And it's like, well, I'm not going to do that. 
So very quickly, I mean, look, look at what's happened now with some of these guys. So you see right now on the left side, you see Joe Manchin, who's a senator from West Virginia. And on the right side, you see Liz Cheney, who's a congresswoman from, I think, Wyoming. Dick Cheney's daughter. I was going to say, they're, they're, relation. Yeah. They're getting canceled by their own parties because they have the audacity to be like, you know, I think this, this thing right here, not a great idea. That's insane to me. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. We already canceled you. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to me. But that's, that's why I would just never... These people don't think. They're robots. They don't think. Well, at least you gave me a clear explanation as to why you wouldn't run for office ever. I don't, I don't know who would want to be in office. It, it seems like the most miserable job in the world. You, you can't do anything right. My godfather was asking me about this. This is back in the end of 2016, like after Trump won. And he was asking me what I thought about politics and everything. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm more involved, you know, over the last four or five years when I was growing up, I was a lot less involved. But, you know, I guess that's how it goes. And he goes, maybe, maybe, not necessarily. He's like, do you want to be a politician? And at the time, I'm like, maybe I would, I don't know. And he's like, see, that's the thing. Like, when I went to college, becoming a politician was what the dumb kids did. That was, like, what the kids who fucked up in class but knew how to get pussy did. That's that's what it was. Really? Yeah. He's like, that's... That's not good. That's what it was. And now, it feels like you have businessmen going to do it, not just Trump. Like, all these other people. You have people that want to do it. And he's like, I don't know. I just... It's weird to me. Like, that's supposed to be what the stupid people do. And then it all started to make sense to me because the stupid people who just knew how to schmooze and sell were the ones that got power. And that's still a lot of the people who are in power, by the way. And it's just, it creates a perfect system where, well, what's someone like that going to respond to? They're responding to the fact that they're just doing it because they want power. They want to be able to sell people and know that they did and then get all the benefits that come with it. And they're not the people that are necessarily the thought leaders or were known as the thought leaders because I think... As I, w- I might have just said this, but I want to make sure I get it across. The theme he was getting across that more people from outside are doing it now, even though that's the case, it's still mostly that precedent he was talking about it. And when he said that, it all, it's a generalization, but it all made sense to me. How stupid could they really be, though, to get to that point? Because it, this is a cutthroat business we're talking about. Like, and when I say business, I mean it's business-oriented, at least in today's world. You can't just be some dipshit with no knowledge. Oh, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yes. You know? Yeah. This is a very important distinction, and I say this, and people want to scream at me, but, like, I do call people like Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell political geniuses. Yeah. They are political geniuses. They know what they're doing. So they're, they're, that's a great point you make. They may be, and I'm not saying it's these two guys. Those are just names I gave. But let's go back to the generalization my godfather gave me. A lot of these people may be intellectually stupid. Like, that, that might be the case. Yeah. They, they might not be the brightest bulb. But that schmooze ability, that is a talent. And if they understand, like, if they understand how to manipulate people, it's a bad talent. But it's a talent. And they're very good at it. They're excellent at it. You look at anyone who's been tenured in Congress or Senate, they have that ability. And whether you, whether they like it or not, too, like you, you got to have the balls to say, like, all right, these people think I'm a bum. Let's go down that route. You know, like, because some people might be prideful in that sense and be like, that's not how I want to be portrayed. You know, like some politicians are all about image, right? Ninety-five percent. Now, I'd say ninety-eight percent of politicians are all about image. You know. And some people, like a Mitch McConnell, might not think, like, oh, man, everybody just thinks I'm, like... Like, you think he's a political genius, but in the wide scheme of things, for someone just, like, again, just strolling by, like me, seeing, you know, SNL skits about him, I'm like, oh, these guys just think he's a bum, right? Because they have a different point of view. That's how he's gone about his business, though. Like, he's like, all right, people think I'm a bum. Like, I'm going to... I'm going to kind of use that, in a sense, right? He's not a bum to the people who are all about his point of view. Same thing from the other side. You know, the, the right will attack Nancy Pelosi all the time. I think that's very fair to do it. A lot of the left, not all of them now, because there's, there's a lot of people who are very extreme progressives who don't like her. But all in all, the left will support her more often than not. Yeah. 
you know, so it's, it is all, it's, it's a concept of who you're appealing to. And now more than ever, when you become a politician, since you were going into one of the two parties, you were going to have half that hate you and half that hopefully love you. That's a bad start. It's a bit because the minute, like, do you ever go to any of these congressmen and senators' websites now? Only when I have to. We have this real estate show on our network where you always invites on people running for governor, running for Senate, running for, um, uh, you know, whatever. You know, and they just come in, you know, in their suits and ties, their dresses are just like, hi, nice to meet you, Margaret Sanderson. You know, it's so fake, right? And you go to their website because you have to promote it, and it's just like, hmm, where's, where's the real juice? You know, like, where's the stuff that makes you you? Like, why should I be voting for you? It says all the same things on their sites. Yeah. All the same talking points. And if you read through... What people want to hear. You have to go to their page where it says stances. And when I read through them, I can figure out that they're a Democrat or Republican. But I bring it up because most of these sites, they don't list. You have to go find it. It doesn't say Democrat or Republican. They try... Like, they are now... In the smallest ways that are meaningless, no one really gives a shit about your personal website these I, days. I feel but. like you have to have a clear stance, though. Like, if you're running, people would know, regardless if they yes. can find it on your website. But I'm saying, like, they they try to run from it to take away the—if someone's coming on—I think this is what it is. If someone's coming onto their page for whatever reason, and it's not just me who's curious, like, going onto their page— to look through their thing. They don't want the person immediately being like, oh, that's a Republican or, oh, that's a Democrat. They want the person being like, oh, look at this nice guy with his family and everything. Oh, he looks cool. Oh, there's one stance that sounds okay. All right, cool. I'm in before they found out which side they're on. And it's like, in a way, I respect that because you're not playing directly to the party. But in another way, I know that that's not at all how it works. And everywhere outside of there, there's going to be a D or an R next to your name. And that's how people are going to judge you. It's interesting. Huh. <laughs> I, I, I really try to stay out of politics the best I can because, again, like, I never really truly know what's going to happen. Like, you know, just talking about it here, you never know. Not that you care. Like, you obviously don't care, and that's, you know, why you have the following you do. That's why I wanted to come on, you know, like, respect the hell out of you and what you're doing. You know, like, you don't give two Fs about what anybody thinks. But, you know, like, some people might look at this conversation and be like, oh, you were talking about 50-50. You know, someone might look at this and be like, oh, there's half your audience gone because they didn't like what you were talking about. And that goes back to, you know, doing this because you want to grow your brand or you're doing this because you are actually passionate about it. You know, like, you want to do this because this what this is what makes you you. You're not doing this mm. for money. You're not doing this for quote-unquote quote fame. You know, like, if you're doing it for those reasons, like, you're never going to make it because you're not doing this Well, you have to you. support yourself. You do, and, and but that's, that's going to grow over time. Yes. Yeah, because yes. people see that you're not leading you with the money. Exactly. You're not leading with that. You have to, if I could do it where I supported myself and didn't have any fame, that would be the best. I understand that in something like this, you have attention. So whether or not people will call it fame, I prefer they, they wouldn't if, if and when that happened. But yeah. yeah, I mean, there's the, the root element to doing it is because I like doing it and it's the thing I want to do. You know, and, and I think that's that's probably what you're getting at there. Like, you have to leave with that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, do you do this because, like, obviously one day you want to get to a point where you can make enough money to do this full-time and be like, this is what I do. And yeah. I can go about my way to do it full-time, but yes, yes. Correct. I want to be able to have it very sustaining. Like, I've self-funded this, so yes, I understand what you mean. Like, would you want to be, like... The Joe Rogan experience where the whole world knows who you are? Or are you good enough monetizing it to the sense, I'm comfortable, I can live my own life? Because like you said, you're that guy who, you know, lived, you know, behind the curtain. That's all you yeah. ever wanted, right? Yeah, that part, that part. You want to do this because you love it and at the same time make enough money to where you're fine and comfortable as opposed to being famous. Yeah, I, I do want to be the best at what I do, though. That's just would be with anything. And that would come with being the most, the number one podcast in the yes, world. Yes, it would, which you have to accept the other things that come with that. And I mean, I'm a fucking long way off that. But if you're right. asking me what my vision is, yeah, when I put my heart into something, 
I want to be the best at it. Right. That's, I mean, you look like the comments and, you know, the looks and the opinions of others will come with it, but sponsorships will also come with it. Endorsements will also come with it. And all you really have to do, all you really have to care about is doing things on your terms the way you want to because it makes you happy. It fulfills you. And at the same time, you get to spend time with your loved ones, supporting them through something that you built and created and nurtured over a long period of time. That's it. That's the dream. And That's not it. everybody can get there, you know? Ten no. years from now, you could, I mean, obviously you'd grow. You know, you'd learn some things along the way. But, like, you might not be the number one podcast in the world, you know? It's a far goal. Like, it should be everybody's goal that gets into this. Like, you, you should want to be the number one guy, the top guy at the table, the head of the table per se, right? But it might not happen. But you have to go in with the mindset of, like, I can't do this. Or, like, I, I will never feel validated in a sense until I get to that ultimate goal and prove to everybody why I started this. Because there's a lot of people that get into this and they're like, you know, they're surrounded by people that say, like, you're not going to be any good at this. Like, why do you have a show? Like, you have no platform. You don't, you, you're not a public figure. You're not famous, you know? Every, Even, every platform has to start with a reason and it has to start without a platform. Like, your vision has to be your own vision. Like, what is that vision? Like, you starting Trendifier. Like, what was your vision for this show, and what did you want to bring to a specific audience? I got gotcha. Actually, it's not an easy answer. Cause like well, let's I, unpack it, then. I know it in my head, but it's really com- – I hate complexity, and it's really complex. I, I guess if I were really oversimplifying it, and just saying what it was, I wanted to just talk with people, and I've said yeah. this plenty of times on the show. And this is this is the easiest high level answer. I wanted to just talk with people and make people listening feel like we were talking about some of the issues that they cared about, and like they were sitting at the table with us. And that that was really it. Like if you're talking vision, other than the competitive juices of me saying, yeah, if I get into something, I want to be the best at it. Yes, that's a part of the vision per se. But like before you get to a dick measuring contest, you have to you have to have the thing that you have to have the products. You have to have the gutsies. You have yeah. to have whatever it is. So what is it? And that's where the vision needs to be. And so for me, that's it was a lot more than that. But it was colored around what I just said there about conversation, different people, different issues. Everyone's interested. They're sitting at the table, but they don't have to say anything as a listener. You know, they feel like they could. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. I, I, I hope that answers the question because it, it's I, – I don't know. To this day, it's like a weird – it's a weird thing to explain because it's also oh. so – it's such an out there medium to be – like it's a podcast, but like a long-form conversation podcast with whoever the hell. Like it's a weird medium. No, it's a great answer. And I, I have listened to the podcast you did kind of explaining why you started it, you know? Just sitting, oh, back in the just sitting there 55 minutes staring at a camera, not an easy thing to do, you know? But hypothetically, you know, just to put you on the spot, you know, like that is a great reason to start this. You had a vision. You had a passion for it. Five years down the line, if you're making the exact same money you are right now and the viewership isn't going up, things aren't trending in the way you thought they were in a trend, would you still do it? That would mean that I wasn't good and the market spoke. Straight up. There's no – look, the beauty of doing a creative thing – Versus a sport is that yeah. like with a sport, there's a score and their, their score. I, I'm going to make this, I'm going to explain this. There's a score in creativity. You have to get viewers to have monetization and whatever, but in major sports, let's say like in America, for example, there's four major leagues that you can make a lot of money in. There's a very limited number of seats at the table of people who can actually get there and do that. And when they do, there's 30 teams, give or take, 30, 32, whatever it is. At the end of the year, there are all-stars, and there is a winner of the league. That's it as a team. That's it. Like, that's your measurement of success. So if you're a franchise in one of these leagues for 50 years and you don't have a title, you're not successful. You may have made some money for the business, but damn well didn't make as much as the, as the ones that won titles. So you're not that successful. With creativity... And that's such a broad word. That's why I use it. 
with things where you're just making something. It's not like there's four quarters or two halves and at the end, like, there's a score. It's like you're making something and finding a way to take from the rock what wasn't there such that people who are going to find it are going to get value from enjoying it. And so once they do, then they dedicate some time towards it. And now it's a time battle. So if I were in the NBA, I'm LeBron James. As a friend, when I'm not playing in the game and a friend of mine playing for another team, let's say Kevin Durant is playing, I I can root for him. But I can't really root for him because, like, there's one title to win. Right. Everyone is in my way to do that in this league, in this little league right here. So I I can root, like, as a friend, you know, he can go to Chris Paul's game after he's eliminated as a friend and root for him in a way. But it's like... You can't there's, – there's competition there. When you're in something creative, I can root for another podcast that does the same exact type of thing I do. It's going to be different because it's a different host, different thoughts, different whatever. But I can root for that because the only thing we're competing on is people's time. If they give me three hours, someone else two hours, some guy who makes a video about cars another hour a week, some dude over here who has a Netflix show that he made 12 hours that week, great, great. As long as I'm getting a sliver of the time and earning that, great. I will then root for everyone else. So it's different in that way. Right. You don't have to be this cutthroat competitor. No. Like I've never had a, another podcaster in here, and I think I've had like maybe like five podcasters in here who I'm not then rooting for them. Or like, hey, let's get your audience as big as we can. The fuck does it mean to me? If we were going directly against each other in a league, championships on the line, unfortunately different story. But we're not. And that's the beauty of doing this. Right. Another complex answer, but that's kind of how I think. Your biggest competitor, not only in what you do, but in life, is yourself, first and foremost. Because it's up to you to, again, not compete against those guys, but to be good enough to where you are the number one guy compared to everybody else, right? Because at the end of the day, you'd be like, oh, I didn't do this right. Uh, They didn't understand that take. That's why they listened to him more than me, him or her. I don't want to differentiate there. Another thing you can get in trouble about these days. Sorry. Um, But it's on you. Like, if you put everything on you, like some people say, oh, you can't be too hard on yourself. But at the same time, if you're not blaming yourself in that sense, with everything that goes wrong in your life, regardless if it was some shitty freak accident that happened. Like, you were there at that specific time for a reason, right? Like, maybe you got into a car crash that day, you know, because, like, that exact time, like, those exact coordinates shaped up because maybe you slept in for five extra minutes. Maybe you were running late, you know, you took a longer shower than you usually do. Weird things leading up to that. Like, if you take responsibility for all of that stuff... And you look at yourself in the mirror and say, like, I didn't compete to the best of my ability against myself today. I wasn't a better version of myself today. That's where it all stems from. You can't look at it and be like, I have to be better than him. Because now now you're creating this toxic thought process in your head that you got to be better than someone else. Because you are your own version of you, mm-hmm. right? No, like you, you, you can't compare yourself to Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you know? Like, right. I'm never going to be a six foot six, 300-pound Samoan badass. It's just never going to happen. I could go to the gym every single day. I could take all the steroids in the world that I want. I'm never going to be that, right? That's not who I was built to be. I think you just nailed it. I, I, think, I think you just that, – that explanation was perfect, and I'll even build on top with another quick example. Kobe could sit there and study Michael's tape because Kobe was six foot yeah. six, similar weight, similar profile, not quite as athletic as Michael, but similar type style of play. And the end result is ball in hoop. Yep. So I study this move ball in hoop. When you are doing things that involve communication, which is any and all content, the number of variables that go into that. Don't just result in ball and hoop. It's how does the ball go in the hoop? Like they don't care in basketball. It's like ball goes in hoop. It's a two or a three. You know what it is. Whether it hit the front rim and went in, hit the back rim and went in, used the backboard, was a pure swish, came in at a lower angle, higher angle. It's the same score. In communication, all of those other variables matter. So point being, if you try to be someone else, you're done. 
you're done. Like, it, it, and I know people will point to people who have quote unquote made it kind of doing that. I'll even come back at them and say, even if that was their intention, they unintentionally did other things differently that made them somehow different from whoever it is they tried to copy. Not saying I love that or I'm happy that they made it. You know, I don't root against people, do you? But like, there is a thing there versus where there is a pure black and white score of this is what it is. Yeah. That said, yeah, you, you have to get numbers and that you do compete on that. And it's, again, competing for time. Like, I think people, even like listening to, to you and, and what you do, I think people would be in a different vibe choosing to listen to you versus listening to me. I think that people, one, people are going to be in a different vibe if they choose to listen to my show or go watch a reality TV show. They're in a different mood. Could be a Tuesday at 9 a.m., could be a Thursday at, at 4. It's not, it's all, it's all relative. It's not this pure, there's 82 games or 17 games or 162 games and you win yeah. or you lose every single one. Boop, 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 boop. Right. And you're not going to, in that regard, you know, when it comes to like fan bases and stuff, like you're not, you, you can't pull everybody in, right? Like you being true to yourself, you're going to build a loyal fan base that listens to you and likes your takes, likes your opinions, likes the way you describe things like you do so eloquently, you know? Thank you. Um, and that grows over time, you know? And that's because you figure it out, like, I have to be the truest version of me and not think about what other people are doing because that's their niche. Focus on your niche, you know? Like, you, you got your cup, you know how to fill it, right? Mm. Everybody's got their own cup, per se, you know? Not just, like, one right here. But, you know, like, it's up to you and how you use your mind and your creativity to say, this is what's going to make me different, and I'm going to grow a loyal fan base based on that. Because, I'm, I'm, you know, everybody's different, but you resonate with certain people, right? Absolutely. Like, I feel like you resonate with... Um, I, th- I feel like a lot of people resonate with Joe Rogan and the, some of the conversations Absolutely. he's had. Maybe even just some of their guests, you know, what, what they yes. say, it inspires you, you know. It's a lot of people here in the East Coast, we've talked about this before, almost lost my breath there. Um, Barstool Sports has been mm-hmm. a huge influence over people, right? There, there's a lot of professionals out there, ESPN, Fox Sports, NBC, that look at Barstool Sports and be like, this can't be the new norm. This is so raunchy. This is so unprofessional. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Maybe that's just the higher-ups because they have a lot of, you know, again, it goes back to money, you know? Like, they have to, they have to stay true to what the corporate levels want. Because there's a lot of money involved, and if you act unprofessional, that's not going to go over well with the higher executives. You know, but Barstool, since day one, Dave Portnoy has stayed true to himself, what he wanted that to be. And maybe it's evolved over time for sure, but he's always stayed true to the identity. And nobody could ever replicate that. You know, it took him since 2004, you know, going from house to house in Massachusetts. I don't know the exact town he grew up in, but, you know, just going from house to house, just sending people newspapers based on his thoughts and opinions on certain games, Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics, you know, Bruins, whatever, you know, what he was talking about, you know. But he grew a loyal fan base that's grown nationally. They have their own bowl game coming up in Arizona, in Tucson. It's nuts. And that all started because... He wasn't going to take shit from anybody. He knew who he was, and he knew how to, again, fill his cup. He knew how to not take no for an answer, too. Yeah. He, he knew how to turn a no into a yes. Oh, why, yeah. why is this a no, and how can we turn it into a yes? I mean, I, he will fuck you into a yes. That, like, that is what he did. Like, you will say, you can't do that, and he'll say, oh, I will. And he'll do it over and over. And there's just some guys now who get... And I think it's, like, our whole society with, like, cisgendered white males, like, just coming after it and shit. But, like, people just want to rip Portnoy and Rogan left and right. And I'll defend those guys to the death. It's, like, what, I think it's just people are obsessed with ripping success. I don't give a shit what their background is. If someone has a story where they built and they did shit that other people wouldn't do over and over and over again. And they're not hateful people. They're good people. They are. Like, wh- why, why do you have to hate on that? 
You know, and, and like, you should encourage, if, if there's one thing that, like, Portnoy doesn't encourage, but it's also, like, a part of his shtick, he's a comedian, like, at all yeah. times. He's a character. Is, is that he doesn't encourage, per se, outwardly people to disagree with him. That said, he, it's a part of, like, how he plays off of forcing people to. So they come back at him, and then he has fun with it. It's, like, kind of like an act. With Rogan... He openly wants you to do it. And it's not like, even though he's a comedian by trade, like on the podcast, totally different. He, he wants to be able to have the talk and like disagree eloquently. People don't like that because right. it's not profitable. It's not profitable to the powers that be that we were talking about earlier in society. It's not profitable to them because if you get people, it doesn't make quick revenue. Like, it took Rogan, again, he had a platform, right? He was a comedian, yes. UFC okay. commentator. Yes. Yeah. Still took him a long time to build the Joe Rogan experience into what it is now. I'm not even talking about his side, but that's 100% right. I'm talking about the other side of why the people that hate on him in society do. They do because guys like him represent the ability for someone to think for themselves. He has people of all different backgrounds on there. He has a lot of nuanced beliefs. I think that they have definitely pushed him conservative through the actions that they've taken on him throughout COVID, I also don't have a problem with that. If I were in his position, that might happen to me too. Because they've basically told him over and over again, every single thing he says is bullshit. He platforms all these people who aren't platformable, which is such bullshit. Yeah. And, you know, they they cherry pick his beliefs and then they they mischaracterize him. And it's so sad to see because if anything, he's been the guy who wants everyone to talk. I don't know. Like that's for anyone who does a podcast talking with other people. I don't care if it's a comedy podcast. I don't care what it is. That's the gold standard. I'm not saying you're going to be like that and have that podcast medium or style. I'm just saying like, if you want to figure out how to get people talking or just make it natural, that's it. <laughs> that's that's the one. Yep. And there's a lot of other great examples now, and I study them all. But like, started with him, and yet people want to hate on him. And and I think I think it's a dangerous thing that we do in society. And now they they make teams around it. They they turn everything political with it, and it's just it's so sad to me. And it shouldn't be that way. I mean, nobody knows everything either. No. Like. You know, half of it is just being curious. Like, he asks questions that people be like, oh, man, that's such a dumb thing to ask. Like, how do you not know that? Like, nobody knows everything. You know, that that's one of the biggest keys in life, I think, is to be a curious human being. Seek knowledge on a daily basis. And he does that through his podcast. Like, he's a very intelligent guy. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of work to be a good comedian. You know? Oh, yeah, man. Like, I wouldn't even consider him one of the greats, but he's good enough to where he built a public status doing it. Like, word got around, like, this guy's a funny dude based on his shtick, whatever, you know, his end game was, marijuana, you know, talking about edibles a lot, whatever it is, you know. You, you could talk the same about, you know, Bill Burr. Like, a lot of people would be like, that guy's a dumbass. Like, his takes are just weird, but he's good at giving them. Hysterical. It's hysterical, right? One of the best ever. My favorite comedian. Oh, no doubt. He's one of the best ever. Like, it's a ridiculous notion for people to be like, oh, how did, like, nobody knows everything. You know, like, is the president supposed to have all the answers? Joe Rogan certainly doesn't have all the answers. Portnoy definitely doesn't have all the answers. You know, you learn on a daily basis. And if you are willing to seek knowledge, which everybody should on a daily basis, that's how you grow your brain. That's how you grow your heart. That's how you grow everything, you know? People are looking for gods inside of other people, and they're not going to find it. Thor ain't real. Yeah, they're not going to find Tony Stark it. ain't real. E- even, even that, though. Tony Stark, superhero, can do shit that's not real. Still didn't know everything. He was still human. You know what I mean? It, and, and yet we, want, we have these expectations that, like, someone has all the answers. And that's, you know, that's how we divide it on everything. And that's why it's sad. It's not just politics anymore. It's on people and culture. And I, I, I just want to appreciate people for what they do. And you don't have to agree with all of it. My, my favorite, favorite compliments I get on this podcast from fans who reach out, and I get this one probably at least a couple times a week now, is, hey, something along the lines of, 
I don't necessarily agree with plenty of things you say, but I love how you talk with everyone, and I it may it makes me have such an open mind. Yeah, and I'm like, first of all, thank you to all the people ahead of me who have done that. You know, Rogan's one of them. You look at even like actors like like Russell Brand who went into podcasting. It's phenomenal, genius. You know, and he's like. He is such a, I don't give a fuck, let's just talk about it. You know, that's, guys like that are incredible. And then even like comedian, pure comedian types, like an Andrew Schultz, who's hilarious. He still talks with real people. They still talk about some real things. It's all from a comedy bend, but like, goddamn, I appreciate the hell out of that. So like, to be mentioned in a compliment like that, I look at the guys who have been doing it and say, like, yo, that's the responsibility. For me and anyone else coming into this, trying to build a cute little audience and get there, that better be something that people come with. Because if you are not – like, if you're a Democrat or a Republican and, like, that's a part of your job and your personal brand and you have to create a show around that, okay. All power to you. I still hope you listen to both sides. You probably won't, but whatever. If you're anyone else, though, and politics is not your career and you're talking about societal issues, you better be able to have plenty of things that every listener can disagree with on there. If you're not, guess what? You do have a political show and you have a problem. It's almost – I don't want to say better to have people disagree with you, but, like, it starts the conversation as opposed to just being being like, oh, yeah, I totally agree with that, man. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like, it's nice to find common ground on stuff. I love doing that. I love doing that in the middle of a disagreement yeah. with things because it can reset some places of like, oh, we don't come from a totally different place. But it's nice to be able to pull out the implied differences. People are civil, you know? And like, I don't know about you. I would imagine you have this on steroids because you record all the time. I mean, you've done 400 and some episodes. Mm-hmm. But I have takes that are cold a week later all the time. All the time. And I remind people that. I'm like, yo, we, we once defended Andrew Cuomo on this podcast for like a half hour, right? Like, we're going to say things that are wrong. I think now society expects that every single thing someone says has to end up being right. And I'd like to be one of the people, and I think there's plenty of people before me doing it, but I'd like to be a help in shifting that paradigm of like, no, no, you're going to hear shit that's absolutely dumb. Catch new episodes of The O Show for free, available on all audio platforms, including Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. For full video versions of the podcast, head on over to YouTube and StarWorldWideNetworks.com. The O Show is presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness is an inclusive, high-intensity fitness experience developed by the champ Floyd Money Mayweather himself. The best group boxing workout in the market, Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.